inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. So how's the book coming? You know, the book you've been reading? What book? <laughs> Their Plant Eyes by M. Leota Godin. Oh, yes. We started last week's episode talking about this book. I, I launched right in saying that I was zooming <sighs> through the recent chapters because as the book got a little bit more into modern times, I found the chapters a little easier to read. But yeah, since... Since we were on the air last week, I have zoomed through the rest of the book, so I am officially done reading M. Leona Godin's book, Their Plant Eyes, and uh, yeah, it feels great I, to be done. I knew the last chapters would, would catch, would, you know, attract you more than the first several. Yeah, and it's not even that I, I didn't enjoy yeah. the first few. I think I just, I'm gonna, I actually, when I, once I finished the book, I, I did start reading it again. I think I only got to the read the introduction in the first chapter again, and then I skimmed through and read a few other things from it. But mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I think it's just the type of thing that I think I need to read those chapters a few more times, especially the early ones, to let everything sink in, because it's just a different feel when you get back that far in time. Um, but perhaps we should tell our listeners, well, first off, welcome to the show, and it's kind of like last week, pretty similar. We are recording this on a Saturday again, just like last week. So it is Saturday, August the 28th, when we're recording this, and it'll be airing, if you're listening to it live on Radio Western, it's airing on Monday, August 30th, winding down the end of August here. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'll be, talk I'll be talking a lot about this book coming up in the next month or two. I mentioned it before. Um, so we do a lot of things on here on Outlook. We do book discussions, we do some politics discussions, so you and I aren't, you know, the strongest in politics. Uh, we talk about, today we're going to talk about a bit about city planning. We just talk about a bunch of stuff in here, but it all uh, relates to blindness or disability, just accessibility, inclusion, as our introduction says, and anybody who's listening, who, who's new to us, just, yeah, we just want to make people aware and I've been listening to actually a lot of blind people's opinions lately. Like I've been reading people leaving comments on social media and just to really get a feel for the outlook of different people and their experiences. Cause it really is, it's enlightening to learn what other people are. For sure. Are dealing with or uh, just, just so the listeners know as well, if you did catch last week's show, we ended it kind of saying next week, we'll be back with this special episode regarding this book. Um, some stuff came up this past week. Plus we also still had a lot to talk about that we didn't get to on last week's show that, you're going to have to just be patient and wait one more week to hear this big episode with uh, a discussion about the book, Their Plant Eyes. And another thing I just realized is, I wonder what the last time was where we've had two weeks in a row with just us. And then also recently we aired a, our other podcast that, that began before Outlook, Ketchup on Pancakes, which, which was also just the two of us. So I think people are getting a lot of us without as many guests over the past few weeks. Which, which is, is how our... It's how our show used to be when we were in studio. We, I was going to bring it up, but the, you know, the fact of that we're, we'll be celebrating Outlook's three-year anniversary coming up in a week or two, two weeks here. And 
we used to be in studio when we started it for most of the first few years, obviously. We were in studio and it was a lot of episodes with just us. We didn't have as many interviews back then. Yeah, I think it's in some ways kind of neat for the summer. Of course, we've still had some guests throughout the last couple months, but I think it's kind of nice to have a time where it's a little more low key and just us keeping things, well, I don't know how casual in certain times. There's quite a few things we want to bring up today, but still just a little more of a looser format here with these mixed bag Mondays, we like to call them this. This we're going to refer to as mixed bag Monday or Monday mixed bag, I guess, part two, since we are doing two of these in a row. And then, yeah, check definitely tune in again next week, though, to hear we have a special guest on and we will be discussing this book that we've been teasing for many weeks recently. And Kara, yeah. I also just thought it's great that you mentioned just people and for any new listeners, because there will, it's possible there might be some new listeners coming in here as the school year begins and a lot mm. of students coming back into town here in London and beginning school at Western. And Kara, we were actually went to the Radio Western had as a, a yearly AGM, an annual general meeting, which I'm going to say that before getting involved in the CFB four years ago, it's not even something I really thought about because I'd never been on a board. So yeah. it, was, it was really interesting to, to uh, Tim, the, the station manager here at Western, sent out an email to all the volunteers inviting them to this meeting and just to go and listen in and if you have any questions, but it's also just good to see kind of what happens behind the scenes and just see that just like in the CFB when we got involved and learned about this, you know, every, these boards have a, a treasurer and a... It's just, it's interesting, a uh, secretary and all these roles that, that go on behind the scenes that you don't often think of. And, and uh, it was a really neat experience, I thought. Well, that's why I always say, like, anything you, you, can, you can do can be put towards learning for the future and, uh, you know, teaching you a skill that might come in handy. I thought that too. I didn't really know how boards worked so much. And a lot of it does seem dry. And I get that, you know, you, you know. You know about tre treasury stuff, but me being on uh, the last few years on this uh, local accessibility committee here in my town too, right? It's the same thing. You know, you get to see how these things work, and and yeah, you learn a lot, but it's um, it can be just tedious things that you have to discuss, but it's important stuff too. But uh, yeah, we we really enjoyed listening in on the Radio Western one the other night to hear what the treasurer. Well, I don't know if the current one was speaking, but what I guess the most recent one or someone who knows about treasure stuff spoke and just, yeah, it's good to hear what's going on with the station uh, because these things, like I always say, you, you might turn on the radio station and, or you might listen to a, a song somebody wrote and performed and you don't even really under, understand unless you've done that kind of thing yourself, how much prep work goes into things like that and who is behind the scenes doing stuff like that to make that yeah, and there's happen. There's a lot of there was a lot of talk about just different things like the the budget here at the station and and all of these right. things that that these thing this station like this does need money to operate and and but at the same point we're 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 offering us a, a service here it's 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 something that not everyone has and it's it's just it is really a great outlet and I know these days with so many things with podcasts and all of this social media and there's so much competition out there mm -hmm. but we really hope that the that this show does cater to students. And if, if anyone is ever listening or and you have any questions or you'd like to perhaps be on the show, if you, if you have anything about disability or if you have a disability, you know, obviously Carrie and I are both blind um, that we mentioned on this show. But so that's our main topic, but we talk about all disabilities. So if any student is listening who 
wants to be heard more, has something, a voice they want shared, we're here for you. And we really want as much participation and, and interest as possible or any topic suggestions or anything that, that maybe comes up. And it's just, it's all about community and being involved. And, and again, it's just, it's, it's great to have this station and I hope it is able to continue for years and years. So we try to keep things current and relevant and try to be an educational show, even though we also want to be casual and not and have a bit of a different format than something that may be a little bit more formal and very official i think we're trying to go right. sort of in between there keep it educational and and a uh, good resource and everything but also keep it somewhat casual and fun so well this show is based around our relationship as siblings so that's the feel i we both want for it but at the same time yeah we have to be able to present these issues and these perspectives as best we can and as clearly as possible for listeners. But it is great to think that people are still listening to radio. And it is, I mean, with podcasts, I think it's showing people that radio is still cool. I mean, it's just how you get it and how it's delivered. Maybe that's different sometimes, but, uh, but yeah, it's great with podcasts and TikTok And like we said, so much that's visual. I like podcasts and radio because I don't feel that much different from everyone else because it's not about seeing really. So. Yeah, so I guess uh, we'll talk a little bit about how, how both of us are feeling today. Uh, I know bef- off air before we started recording here, we were talking a little bit about that and how, well, maybe I'll ask you first, Carrie, how was your day yesterday? And then how are you feeling today? Because for me, it's been a bit of a, um, a contrast between yesterday and today. I'm not too bad, actually. I think you're probably worse than me in this moment, but I, I've I've certainly experienced this sort of thing before. I get it. We were saying that sometimes well, sometimes you'll have a day where something, one or more things happen to you that you've been waiting for, maybe, or something that means something to you, and it and it can often get your adrenaline going. And then once the day's over and it's another new day, there's a lot of things you have to think about in life, and you know, moving on with things you can crash. And so I get that. Uh, but today I'm all right. Um, yesterday was a pretty good day. So we'll talk about that a bit. Um, who wants to go first? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's always an interesting dynamic to doing this over the, over zoom instead of in person. It's a, it changes it a right. little bit, but um, yeah, right. I think for me, it's just like, I, I'll be honest, the last, the last couple months in particular, and I know you spoke about this last week about the first bit of the pandemic, you seemed to handle it pretty well, but the la- this year it's been a little more difficult for you. And, and I've kind of yeah. felt the same in many ways. And I just feel like the last few weeks have been kind of stressful. And I've just had this, mm-hmm. I've been feeling exhausted, which I think a lot of people have just with so much going on and all these uncertainties and stuff sort of been building up. So the last while I haven't felt the most motivated and I've found a little bit difficult to, to stay inspired and everything. But then yesterday was just one of those days where it felt like everything happened all at once. All of these good things out of nowhere <laughs> just happened. So I was on such a high from all that. But then today it's just, you know, it's hard. You can't really top that. So today I'm just. But the good things that you were so excited about yesterday are still true. I know. They're still, they're still out there as things. So let's talk about them. Uh, why was it such a good, I mean, I'll talk about it because it was a good enough day for me yeah, for sure. But I'll start with you. Well, I guess my uh, thing. Well, well, yeah. I don't know when did when did your excitement begin yesterday? I forget when because I forget who's ha- would have happened first. I you know I don't even remember. I didn't check the time. I just got a notification from Twitter. Somebody had tagged me on Twitter, so that's how I knew. Because my my excitement happened at two p.m. Uh, pretty much on the dot. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, you're so funny. Uh, what? No, go ahead. Tell us. Well, for one, it was a super long day, um, but a great day. Like, I got up yesterday morning at, I think it was like quarter to six or something that I woke up, and I had my music show, which airs on Fridays, and I pre-recorded it from home in the morning before I did the mic breaks the day of. And I just, I do like doing them the day of, because it, even though I'm not back in the studio yet, it still makes it feel as close to live as possible if it's on the exact same morning that I do the breaks. Hmm. So I kind of like that feel of it. And then just this week's music show for me, I don't know, something about it. It just, it really worked out. It turned out so well. It was one of my favorite ones I've had done in a while. I was very but positive I think I remember. I think I remember early in the week, you just not seeming too sure about, I, I don't know how f- much of the show had been formed by that point. You usually build it throughout the week and then record it, but uh, you didn't seem too enthused at, about it at first. So I just, it was one of those things that sort of... I know, and I wasn't the along. night before either, like Thursday night when I hmm. went to bed, I had my playlist all picked out and recorded the songs all into Pro Tools here. But even then I was like, I don't know if I like this playlist, but then a lot of me with music too, I find is... It's, it's a mood thing. Like sometimes I'll just be in a certain mood and songs won't hit me the same or I'll just be like, ah, it wasn't that, didn't quite do it. But if I'm in a better mood and Friday, I think I must have also just been in a good mood from the start. But it was just like the whole thing came together and it was, I was, I was so happy with it. And um, Good. Yeah, so I'll, I'll move on here soon. So anyway, my, um, my show aired and recently I, I got an order in the mail. I know this came up on our, our podcast, Ketchup on Pancakes, that we aired a few weeks ago. Uh, but my favorite radio DJ in New Jersey, John Solomon, who hosts a great show Wednesday nights from 5 to 8 p.m. on WPRB. So I, I recently made an order because he has, he has a record label. So I got a bunch of vinyl in the mail. And um, there's actually a chat, online chat during his show. And during this, the pandemic, there's been a lot of that keeping people connected, even though people aren't being able to see everyone in, in person as much. So this online chat's been there, and somehow it came up a couple months ago during his show when I was in the chat that I had a music show. And I wasn't, I'm never the type to bring too much attention to that. You know, I just try to blend in and I don't want to overdo it. So I kind of briefly mentioned it then, and he said, oh, Brian, you have a show. And, and you know, I've been listening to his, his music show since 2014, I guess, is when I discovered it. He's been doing it since the late 80s. So I was pretty late to the party, but... At least I mm. better late than never. So, yeah. Um, but uh, that's me in most movies. <laughs> that's me with all movies, I think, <laughs> or all TV shows, or anything that eventually I might watch, but not usually when it's in in uh, high regard. Yeah, when, people are when really it's being. Excited. Yeah, the buzz is gone. Yeah. Um. But anyway, to to make a long story short, so I tagged his record label in my post when I. I post before my radio show on my Facebook page um, at CHRW Chin Music. Post about the show coming up, and I tagged his record label because I said I'll be playing a few more records that I received from Comedy Minus One, which is the name of his label. Um, so then he saw the, he, he saw the post because I tagged him in it, and he liked it. And then right after my show ended, if, I think maybe it was like 20 minutes later when I checked my email, I saw right at 1.59, like right when my show was ending pretty much, he sent me an email and said pretty much, Brian and I have been, uh, I don't know where else to tell you this, so I wanted to let you know that I caught the last 35 minutes of your show today, and um, yeah, it was just, to have, to have a DJ that I have so much respect for get a chance to listen to some of my show, just, 
I don't know. For me, it was like a dream come true, kind of. And I don't know. It's, I don't know. You're laughing at me, but it was really emotional for me. I'm not laughing at you. I'm just, I'm smiling at what it obviously means to you. Because we all have, we all have those people that we admire. Like, I admire Leona M. Godin. I'm Leona Godin, the writer of Their Plant Eyes. Like, they're just people that you come across in life that really you do respect for what they do. And it's because it's often it's what you would like to be doing and, and the where you see them go about with yeah, it would be, whatever that is with, you know, with real style. And it'd be kind of like an author that you really respect. Like you said, maybe like Leona Godin, if you wrote a book and she read it or something that someone that you really respect mm. actually does get a chance to and uh, to actually to sit down and. And listen to something that you do for a little bit. It's just, it's, it's really inspiring. And that, that just began my, I mean, I was already in a pretty good mood for my show. And then getting that, that uh, email was just uh, another excitement f- surprise for me. And then mm-hmm. Carrie, uh, I was just sort of marveling and all that. And then. You were I, basking and then you're on social media. Yeah. So then. As listeners of this show may know, Carrie and I are big Facebook fans. I know a lot of people are hit and miss with it. And again, I'm, I, do, I do go through phases where it's certain days I'm just not into it. But overall, it has helped me a lot, primarily with making connections and music-related yep. stuff and for this show and advocating, which we'll get to a bit later on this show today. But yeah, I was browsing through Facebook a couple hours later, and then I found a post entitled Fighting the Weightiness of Metaphors, a conversation with M. Leona Godin from therumpus.net. And I knew right away what this was because Carrie has been so worked up about this the last few months in a good way. It's, you know, it's, it's like anything. If you're, if you're really passionate and care about something, then it, it's stressful and, you, and you, you get nervous and you do get impatient a little bit because it's something that you care so much about. And you just want to turn out well you want it to come out and you don't really know what when that's going to be exactly and it's it's a new it was sort of a new experience for you but pretty much this is a, a review that you did or an interview i should say sorry i'm getting mixed up now with what we'll be doing next week which is a review mm-hmm. an interview that you did with leona about her book their plant eyes that actually i helped um well i didn't really help but i i got you helped you out with the audio part to record the interview so that you could yeah, use it from there to write this, write up this interview, and just to see it finally come out there and read it. I was I was already pretty <laughs> feeling quite emotional with everything going on with my show and that happiness, and then just seeing that, I just I don't know, I I didn't know what to think. I was so I was so happy for you, and I don't I don't even know what I could have done. Like i I knew how much it meant to you and the fact that it was up on online on the on the rumpus which yeah maybe you can talk a little bit about the process of of putting this together and and uh how that all went for you and how you felt when you finally got that tweet yesterday like you said and you found out about that it was up online so this has been a, a project in the works all summer and because first you got a pitch the idea of the interview to different publications and then you got to wait to hear back and then they say sure but or they say you know there's uh, there's always something and uh but it was a pretty straightforward process did you pitch it to other um websites too no so that's the thing 
I, I what you do is it's important that you know publications that you might want to see this sort of thing in. And uh, I'd known of the Rumpus for a couple of years at least now, and. I guess just I sort of talked it over and I just decided that was the best place to try pitching. And yeah, luckily, like I said, I think I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't take credit for the work and the and the and the, you know, I had to be the one to reach out to the editor and pitch it in the first place. But um, I think it was a good subject, a good topic, a good. A good thing. And the editor realized it would make a good piece and it would fit. It's important to find pieces that, you know, fit the feel of a certain literary journal or website. Because, you know, sometimes people will just throw a piece of writing at a website because they want to see it up there, but with no thought of how it relates to, you know, will the editors accept this because it's something that they realize will benefit their readers somehow. So you just got to think about it in those terms. Yeah. It's like, so that was months I ago. I think it's like a lot of things. Like I would even compare that in some ways. And I know I always go back to it, but that's just my comparison is for music, like a music show, like. I have a goal of what I want for my show and some things just don't fit. It doesn't mean that they don't fit on any show. It's just, it's, 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 it's knowing what, where to pitch something and where, where it fits in best compared to mm -hmm. other sites that are maybe looking to, to cover different topics or something that isn't quite as, as related to, to what you're going for. So it seems like you yeah. found the perfect place and I don't know how much you knew about the rumpus or you said you've, you found out about it a few years ago. I don't know if you remember at all when you came across it or how you found it. I know you just, you follow so much online that you probably just found it on, was it through Facebook maybe or? Um, it was probably about six, five or six years ago that I'd heard of it. Yeah. I don't know. That's why Facebook has been invaluable to me also, because it's been, a, it's been one place. And I know a lot of writers and editors like Twitter, you, you kind of find a social media platform that fits you. And, and um, I'm just used to Facebook, but it's like, I've just been on there for so long now and you start hearing that there are communities of like-minded people on there. Like we all kind of look for groups maybe that we can fit into things that apply to us. And I just started following on my newsfeed, all the literary journals pages. I could all of their pages. I just liked them all. And so every time they have, you know, submission calls out, they're looking for something. I can browse my newsfeed and, and see what's going on. I mean, there are other ways you can go to their website and stuff, but I just always liked it as one place that brings a whole bunch of things together for me. So I just found them, like I said, five or six years ago, and I've never actually pitched there. I've thought about it, but I've never really had a, the right piece of my own writing to pitch. And I'm glad that I got a byline there, as they call it, now without it being another memoir piece from me, which there's enough of those and I, I still write them, but it's nice, like I've been saying to... Yeah, well, a bit of a different. That's what I think is what also is really neat about it is, is that you were involved in so much of this, getting it all organized and and laid out and, and moving questions around to figure out a good arc to this interview that you did. And and I, you know, we recorded the Zoom thing that I, I sent you that. But I also you get a transcript with Zoom, which is pretty neat. And you spent I don't even know how many hours you you've spent. Do you think like over 100 hours probably on this? I would imagine like you you were pretty. And you, like you said, you've been working on this, I think it was a few months ago that you started all of this. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's quite the, quite the process. But like you said, it's not, even though it's by you, it's still through the rumpus and it's an interview with someone else. So it's not really, the focus isn't on you as much. You're more sort of behind the scenes a little bit in, the, in this case. And I think that that's mm -hmm. really neat that you can still play such a, 
a, an important and pretty much an essential role, obviously. If you didn't do this, it wouldn't have existed. So you played an essential role in this, but yet you're not the main focus, which, sorry to go back to my music show comparison, but I think that's why I like my show is that I'm putting it together and organizing it, but it's the other bands yep. that I'm highlighting. So it's really for them yep. in, in many ways more than it is for me. And I think that exactly. that's something that I like being sort of a modest person. And I think maybe you could be the, sort of similar in that way. So, Well, what I would wanted to say, and I, I guess I could leave it for when we sort of discuss the book next week or whatever, but is like what Leona talks about in her book that a lot of blind people and people with disabilities who are writers fall into a trap of thinking that, well, only thing I have to contribute is memoir type pieces about myself, talking about, you know, resilience and disability and how I do this or how I did that or what happened to me then. And that's not true. Obviously, there are lots of writers out there and lots are disabled. And that includes blindness. And I never really wanted to be a journalist per se, but the things we do here at Outlook, the same thing. I, I, I enjoy interviewing people. So as in that way, I, I like journalism, I think. I like the interviewing of other people. So yeah, I do like that I can have projects where it's not always all about me because the memoir pieces I have written so far, I have several of them, as I've said, um, they are about me and, and, and that's fine. And I, I want to be able to express myself and share my perspective, but, you know, to believe that that's all we're good for offering, but I think with a skill, skill like writing is not true. And again, I think, sure. Like it, it was a perspective that ca that came into it. The fact that because you were also blind, um, but yeah. I, I, but I think, I think it's one of those interesting things that if it was a memoir or something that you submitted to a website, that would be only you could do that. Whereas this, what, what you did with this interview, you know, like it's a role that someone might, like anyone technically could have done it. Like a sighted, they could have just, yeah. some sighted yeah, person could have just done it. But at the, the same rumpus, point, it's kind of nice. Sign, Sorry. The rumpus, can, the rumpus can sign their own, their own in-house writers to write something if they want. You know, they could have reached out to this, this writer and, and done the same sort of thing. But yes, my perspective as the one putting it together and sort of, visualizing what it's going to look like and then getting it, get it, getting it all together with the perspective I have. That's what's important about letting us speak for ourselves. And often it is important to let disabled writers and journalists take the stories that are that, because when we did say when something matters to you, you do work harder for stuff and you yeah, fight harder. Yeah, it's like, and, sure. Uh, someone who cited could have done this interview, but they would have done it differently. Like they, they wouldn't have maybe asked the same types of questions or wouldn't have had the same the quite the same understanding of it because they they aren't blind so it's just it's nice to see more blind people getting in these other roles that aren't just the and of course we'll get into this a lot more next week when we get into the the book discussion but um i know we have a lot to talk about for anyone who's just tuned in you're listening to outlook here on radio western mixed bag monday part two i don't know care we can go to a break here we have a couple more minutes before we're half our halfway point here so maybe now's mm. a good time for a break and then come back and talk about a bunch of other stuff i think <laughs> Oh, we got plenty, plenty else to say. So Yes, so I think we will take a break now here on Outlook, and we'll be back with more of today's episode on Radio Western. Radio Western, welcome back. This is Outlook here today, Mixed Bag Monday, part two. And in before the break there, we were talking about Carrie's recent interview with M. Leona Godin and her book, Their Plant Eyes, that... Leona wrote and released recently, and Carrie did a fascinating 
very, very well put together interview with her, and it was published in The Rumpus, an online literary magazine. It's called Fighting the Weightiness of Metaphors, a conversation with M. Leona Godin. And we will post, definitely post a link to this in the podcast notes. Or you can just look it up, The Rumpus, Carrie Kajewski, you'll find it. But yes, please, please give it a read. It is, it's a great interview. And tune in next week to learn more about the book. But Kara, I think yep. we're going to move on now to some other topics. Yeah, I mean, a few quick things that I might just want to say here. A few things to plug you and all that. You might want to say or you're going to say. Remember we talked last <laughs> week about certainty? Yes. Do you want to say well, them I or want, you might say them? I want to say this one in particular. The others, maybe not. Oh, okay. How's that? So I recently received a testimonial from someone I did some work for recently, which is something we'll get into in, a, in future episodes. I'm trying to build a bit of a reputation in the sensitive, sensitivity reader vein, which again, a lot of people aren't familiar with that term. A lot of people disagree with that term. Oh, we're too and, sensitive these days, right? That's what Exactly. I know. But I'm it's not, easy I'm to not, say that. I'm not saying that though, just for our listeners, I'm being sarcastic. Everyone has their opinion on that. I think, uh, I think it's just part of growing and, and society and changing. And I think it's in a lot of ways a good thing. Sure, there's always extremes and, and stuff. And I, I'm not saying everything is, is perfect, that people sometimes don't get a little too sensitive over things. But yeah, I, I think when it comes down to it, if someone else is sensitive, who, who, are, who am I to tell someone not to be sensitive about something? <laughs> doesn't seem very nice. Exactly. Anyway, it's sensitivity reading is the, is the work I've been doing lately. And so I get to work with authors, which is exciting for me because I'm not saying I will never write my own book. I haven't ruled it out, but I, I'm not sure that that's my path, but my path may be to be involved in other people's projects. Well, you're still, and so I, you're I'm still, in the books. You're still, like, Leona was, was older when she released, released, that's her first book, right? Yeah, and now she's working on some fiction, like a novel. Be right, cool. so maybe in 15 years or so, you'll release your first That's book. what I'm saying. <laughs> the, the, there's no, I haven't ruled it out yet. But anyway, I've been working with authors, which is just as good for me. And For sure. Uh, yeah. So one of them had a book, uh, the book that I worked, helped work on just come out recently. So if you're looking for an end of summer read, I just wanted to recommend, it's called Strange Gods by Allison Kimball, so K-I-M-B-L-E. And Strange Gods, maybe you can tell from the title, but I just wanted to give her a plug and the book. And it's a young adult sort of fantasy stuff. So if you like that, I mean, it's in the Harry Potter sort of area, but it's, you know, it's not necessarily anything like Harry Potter. But I just don't have a lot of uh, experience reading what they call, yeah, novels, young adult novels. So it was great, great that that was what the project was. It had me doing something I wouldn't maybe normally do. And the book was great. It, I could see it all in my mind, a lot of these different worlds with different monsters and creatures. And, and the, the descriptions in her writing are so vivid that I could just see it all happening as I read. And, and so, yeah, I just wanted to give it a shout out. Find her on Amazon. Wait, so I, I'm, I'm confused here. So wait, what did you do sensitivity about a monster? You didn't really say what sensitivity reading is and what well, you did, what your I, role was. I hesitate to say too much on this project right now. It's because... In a way, I don't want it to, it sort of might give some things away, but not really. Well, I can sum it up a little bit if you want. So sens well, sensitivity reading, essentially, you're looking through a transcript or a, a version of a book that someone's written before it's released to see how the representation is of blindness or disability in that book. And just giving your opinion, just to, to make sure that we don't keep 
keep fueling certain stereotypes and certain things that aren't really true. And it's a literary mm-hmm. thing that we'll definitely get into a lot next week with the, the book discussion. Uh, in oh, more for detail. sure. But, but it's a similar idea of, of just being aware of what you're writing about and getting a second opinion instead of, you know, if, if you don't actually live these experiences, if you're not blind and you have a blind character or something in a book, you don't necessarily know how exactly how to, how to create them effectively or realistically. So I think, I think it is a really important area. And like you say, it's very new. It's like you always come and compare it to the Wild West. Like it's a, it's like anything. It's anything that's newer or isn't well as well known in society. And it's a more of a newer uh, area of, of study than it's, it's something new. But I think it's really neat that you're, you're getting involved in that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's basically like, of course, if it's a, a work of fiction, you could say whatever you want. You can make up any nonsense you want to make up. True, you can have a blind character in a fictional book, and you you could do. But but it's just you ha- you should take some responsibility because you realizing as Leona illustrates beautifully in her book, it's that these things persist over time, and in literature, there's so much of it because everybody keeps piling on whether they realize it or not. So, yeah, it's important just that we consider it, and I appreciate any author who who you know, thinks about it that much and is willing to take the time out. Again, I hesitate to talk about it because I feel like that gives away, it doesn't, it's a bit of a. So you don't want to, you mean you, just, you don't want to give away the story at this, right. this book. That's, that's understandable. That's but there the might, thing. But blindness is in this book somehow, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. So that's all you'd know by hearing them. You talk about it because at the same time, I want to talk about it. I'm proud of that kind of work and I want people to understand and I want to be able to promote the authors and these books on this show. Because if I enjoyed the novel, and I really did, then someone else... I was just... I mean, full disclosure, I did this job, but at the same time, I can say if I like the book or not. If I don't like it, I won't say anything. But I really did enjoy it, and I think people would like it, so... Well, I was I just, I was just confused that you, were, you didn't mention how it tied into blindness, but I guess you want that to be a surprise for people who read the book? Is that... Kind of. It's like, now somebody knows something, somebody's going to be, like, it sort of tells you something. Okay, well, just at first when you explained the book, I wasn't, I didn't, was like, what? I was totally confused. I was like, I don't really want to read this. I don't have any idea what it's about. So, well, I, I was getting, I was getting to that. I was telling you, it's a, well, I can give a whole description or people can check it out. I basically just said that it's a young adult novel. It's fantasy and there's monsters and different worlds in it. Uh, And then there's some, some mystery blind character that Carrie won't talk (laughs) about for our listeners. So I guess you got to read the book. Oh, uh, well, see, yeah. What else am I going to do? I'm sort of caught between a rock and a hard uh, place I'm just here. curious what the blind character is, but I guess. Well, I can tell you off the air. <laughs> so secretive. <laughs> I wish well, I had a job I that wanna... I was so secretive about. It's almost like you're scared <laughs> or something's going to happen if you, if you say something. This is my own judgment call, okay? All right. No, the author didn't order me not to say. She, she you know, her and I both just want to make people aware that, you know, want to you know, you want to give people a bit of a heads up if there's going to be any kind of, and I guess I could have done that here. I could have said, if you think you might want to read it, just maybe turn down your station for a minute, but I just don't want to say all that. So Fair enough. I just didn't realize the blind character was enough of the plot to where even just mentioning anything about them would really ruin it. So that must be a huge surprise in the book when they come up. You must not even be expecting there to be a blind person or something. So yeah, I don't know. I'm confused more than ever, but there you go. Well, read the book. Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> if I knew a little All bit right. about the character, maybe I'd be more interested. 
it's a little, not a little girl, I guess I should say. She's a teenager. So these are a bunch of kids that are at this summer camp. You know, these sort of wilderness places for troubled teens and things. So she's uh, one of the kids there. And her name, her name, her name is Spooky, which is just a funny. Sounds to me like a, 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 just like a thriller book without any connection to blindness, but apparently there is one. There is. Trust me, there is. I just don't want to say who or where. All right. So what else you got? (laughs) That's it. I was going to talk about the election again, because this ties back into the topic that you still have left for this episode. So we were just saying in, in last week's episode, part one, about politics and our obviously a federal election coming up here and how you and I, we want to be responsible adults who contribute and, and you know, take part in active roles in our country, deciding our future and all that. But it's hard to know, you know, what's just being said for the campaign and what's to be believed and everything. So we're going to talk about it more probably between now and the election on September 20th. But I thought first um, we would just see how it fits because like we say, a lot of this isn't all federal. It starts locally. It starts in in our municipalities. So you came across something that we've talked about on Outlook before. Well, I like, I'll just quickly say first that you mentioned the election and, um, we do plan to do an episode of Outlook probably the week before it would be the week before yeah. the election. So that would be on the Monday, the 13th. If you tune in, then we plan to do one on the election and I still have to do a bit more research on this stuff. But there's also someone I've come across back to Facebook um, that is is blind and it was his first time voting this year and he was so excited. He already voted. He voted early. Um, so I've reached out to him and, and hopefully we'll have him maybe on that episode, even for some of it, just to get some other perspectives and someone younger who, who's just starting to vote and seems so passionate. He's always posting about po- political stuff on Facebook. And it's, it's actually been really helpful f- for me to have someone like that that is blind. So we have that experience in common. Obviously, aside from that, blind people were just like any s- section of people. There's many different. It's not just because he's blind that I would connect with him. I still don't know the guy personally. But, it's, anything, but-, but, but it's like we always think t- to get something a better deal for blind Canadians. We need to reach out to our politicians and and let them know we're here and tell them what our concerns are and they have to start listening. So that's where we're at with that. So it's good to find somebody who is blind so they understand those issues and maybe we want to be able to talk what things might impact blind Canadians or Canadians with disabilities specifically. So that's why it's great to find somebody who who actually takes a study in that subject and knows more than we do. That's another thing. We had a recent diversity call with the CFB on, um, that we do once a month. And, and you mentioned the election and, and pretty much everyone on the call was just like, oh, I don't know, or I haven't thought about it at all. And it's again, well, I, don't, lot, I don't know. A lot of it is this time. The, this well, yeah, particular time. but I also sometimes feel like in the blind community, there's a bit of a disconnect. And I think, yeah. And then I also think that sometimes in this example here that I'm about to bring up, will sort of be a, exemplify this, that Sometimes politicians and just society, society in general, but politicians in particular, sometimes I don't think they always consider disabilities and, and people who are blind as being a, as much of a potential audience mm-hmm. or, or, or people that are following this kind of stuff. And so it is something important to really be talking about. And um, sometimes I think we just get forgotten about a little bit. Um, yeah. and I know there's tons of groups of people out there. It's, 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 it's hard to cover everyone and, and stuff like that, but. Still, it's, yeah. it's no excuse. We're all, we're all human. We're all in society here. So, 
Well, let us know what you came across recently that relates to yeah, so all this, of this. These are all, like you mentioned before, they, everything ties back to politics. So, <laughs> um, and I have been following more and more things on Facebook. So I've, I follow the City of London, Ontario Municipal Government page on Facebook. Go check it yeah, out if good. you haven't followed it good already. But yeah, on Thursday, I was just, I was busy actually preparing for my music show and stuff. But I took a couple breaks here and there because to go on Facebook and just do something different for a few minutes. So I came across this post from the municipal government saying, bus stops like this one downtown combine with a protected bike lane. They help keep cyclists protected from traffic when using the bike lane and allow added space for transit riders getting on or off the bus. Cyclists approaching the bus stop must stop when passengers are boarding or getting off the bus and should remain stopped until the bus, until the bus signals that it is leaving the stop. So I saw this status right away, and, and Carrie, like you had mentioned, actually back last year on November 30th, if you look back through our feed, we did an episode with Oriana Belusic from out west, who was part of a lawsuit that they, they filed out in, in Victoria about these exact same types of bike lanes, where the lane is in between the sidewalk and the bus stop, where you get on and off the bus, so you have to cross these lanes to get on the bus. And then when you get off the bus, you, you're let off on this island and you have to cross the bike lane. And yeah, so this, this whole thing, I just kind of saw that post and I was just like, oh, it's the same old thing. They're, they're building these, these types of stops more and more around the world. And they're not safe for, for blind people. I mean, and what we'll find out here too, it's, it's not even just blind people, but it's, 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 it's just the, the control of, of cyclists compared to traffic and and it's, it's, it's a frustrating thing because, of course, we want to make things accessible for everyone. And we do want to make things good for cyclists as well. Nobody's, we're not saying that. But I think it, sometimes it's sometimes just it's not considering all of, these, all of the implications that can come from this kind of stuff. Um, but when I saw this, I was just like, oh, it's happening again. But I just felt helpless and I wasn't going to do anything about it. But then I was just like, I'll just quickly look at the comments, see what, see what other people are thinking. Then the first comment I saw, it was actually, I think it was the first one said, it was from somebody I don't know, and they said, I hope the city of London studied what happened in Victoria, BC before implementing this. There were complaints from blind pedestrians who felt unsafe with approaching bicyclists who did not yield. And when I saw this comment, I was just like, gee, that's exactly the, the type of thing I would have posted. I, didn't, I wasn't going to post today because I just didn't want to get involved. And as we've been talking, care. This advocacy stuff, it's important, but it's also exhausting. And sometimes you just need a break from it. And you can't be doing it all the time because it, it is draining. Mm. But when I saw this comment, especially from someone I didn't, I don't actually know. And I don't know if this person is blind or has any sort of disability or is just a, some, a sighted person who just read, came across this Victoria article or heard about it. And it's just, it's one of the things that we've been talking about. We've had on our show. We've talked about this. So to see someone else post this concern, I just... I responded right, right away and said, thank you so much for bringing this up. It really is a dangerous direction cities are going in by installing these floating bus stops. And that's what they're called when they're back from the sidewalk, separated by this bike lane. It says, nobody consults the blind or visually impaired when making these decisions. I felt so comfortable as a totally blind 34-year-old traveling downtown here in the past, but now it's much less safe. And that's just That's it. your comment. Know. Yeah, that's what I said in response to, the, yeah. to this uh, Calvin who commented originally. And then he responded and said, I hope the city of London... Oh, sorry, that's the same comment. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I just I really wanted to thank him. And then he said he did respond again and said, just in case people are not aware of the floating bus stop issue, here is the link to the article. So he, I didn't even have to search up the article and find it. He found it and posted it in the comments as well. So just so great and, to see someone else backing that's up great. this. That's great. You, you would be curious to ask how they heard about this issue. Like, are they interested in the subject and they did read an article about it? Because like we say, the people at West have been on, done a lot of media co um, coverage with it, trying to get people to pay attention. You know, they've worked, they've had to go against the city in this stuff. And we just, we want people to know this is an ex a problem that exists so that like city planners, like we say, and cities do understand. And you think these days with universal design, this should be listed as one of those things so that we stop more places, like you said, from putting these in. And then, yeah, I just wanted to read a couple other comments here just to really show like there isn't, there seem to be a lot of frustration on this. And I don't know sometimes who city hall consults when going, when making all of these types <laughs> of decisions and how, what, who they reach out to and how they come to these, these conclusions. So there's just a few other comments. I'll just read a couple more. Like someone said here, who the hell has been making all these planning decisions lately? Do they even spend time downtown? And that's a really good point. Have they ever ridden a bus or a bike? They need to get a job that doesn't require a brain. <laughs> anyway, it gets... <laughs> what a ridiculous yeah, well, mess they're saying. It just sounds like a big mess. And, and, uh, someone and like says, we say... We're not target. We're not targeting cyclists, but there is a lot of like we say wild, wild west behavior with cyclists, where they a lot of them do not pay attention to the rules of the road. So even when you say you have to stop at this bike lane, at this bike or this bus um, stop in the middle of your bike lane, they don't pay attention, and nobody's there to enforce anything. Yeah, and then you know it was just I. So then I I actually posted the this um, article as well, or the 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 municipal government post and I made my little comment that I read earlier here as, as the status and I got some comments on that and, and some, some more shares and then um, someone who actually used to, she used to do a show on Radio Western I don't think she has, does anymore um, from London here Amanda Lynn she shared she shared this as well and um, it's just great to see some people backing you up and she, she comments to say um, well she also told me that <laughs> Her husband is an urban studies prof, and she'll share this info with him, which is great just to get exactly. this, the word That's out That's who here. we need to reach, everybody. And then, and then she goes, continues on to say, your safety matters, and I hate that it sounds like blind people aren't even consulted. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yes, yeah, just spread. One of her friends posted about this. They also shared this in the uh, Disability Studies at King's group on Facebook. So just getting the word out and that's why social media is good it's it just helps it helps spread the word on these types of things and can things things can go viral so you never know in the future the more mm -hmm. these things start coming up that that more people will complain hopefully and just just to bring awareness and again i know like we're saying we're we're not trying to single out anyone it's not all cyclists there are great responsible cyclists out there just like there's responsible people in every every area but it's just as a whole it just doesn't seem like it's thought out and we're consulted enough on, on a lot yeah. of these decisions and maybe people just don't even think about blind people I and again maybe sometimes I'm um, I'm making assumptions but sometimes I just feel still like society doesn't see blind people as independent people they always they kind of maybe think blind people have someone they travel with or they they don't live independently and they it wouldn't affect them because they wouldn't be traveling on their own yeah I don't know it's just and then again just one more follow-up on this so today I go on Facebook and I see another post from the municipal government saying, 
This fall, you may notice more protected bike lanes in the core area located between the sidewalk and transit island. This design keeps buses from having to stop in a bike lane to pick up passengers. When cyclists approach the bus stop, they must stop to let bus passengers cross the bike lane. But the problem is that bicycles just don't, you know, it's not quite the same as a car. They can sort of weave in and out of, of things a little bit more. And if you can see, it's dangerous too. And that was, I could tell from reading a lot of these comments. But at the same point, especially if you can't see, it's like, sure, it's great for the, the bikes to stop, but will they stop? And they're quiet. That's a big part of it. A car makes, you hear a motor, and even these electric cars, they're talking a lot about having some sort of sound to them just, just for safety. Because even if you can see, like sound is also a sense that, that you need to be paying attention when you're out in public and traveling. And it's just, the whole thing is frustrating. And it's one of those things that I don't know what to do or how I can actually make any change. But I think at least posting about this and getting a few people here to, to back me up and understand where I'm coming from, it's, it's something and it, it makes me feel at least some sense of accomplishment that, that it's getting out there a little bit and it's coming through. It's not like I posted or this thing was posted on Facebook and nobody commented and, and nobody yep. shared or anything. So I'm done. Yeah, ranting. You, you, you got to be happy that, yeah, like you said, we look for allies because it, all, all of these things we do for advocacy, it gets exhausting because we know there are, it's not just ourselves we're trying to help here and, and make things better for. And when you have other people who will take a stand and, and just back you up, even if it might not direct them directly impact them. And, and if they're commenting, it might, that might mean that there's something else that makes them, you know, bother, but it's nice just to have that. And these things trickle down and they're slow, right? Like somebody has to you know, contact the media like they did out West so that the media writes articles about this, but somebody has to do social media stuff and sharing that way. And somebody does have to be, more of us need to be the ones who do reach out to our local politicians so that we, they can't ignore us as easily. Yeah. It's like you have to, you have to, you have to put yourselves out there or else, yeah, that you are going to get forgotten because there just is so much going on and there's so much to, to cover and deal with. And when you are a, a minority, you're just not generally going to be remembered as much as something that is a little bit. And, and you know, I, I get it that there's a lot to deal with, but it's just, it's, it's difficult and it's hard sometimes to know what, what to do. So for anyone who mm -hmm. is just tuning in, you're listening to Outlook here on Radio Western. And we have just over five minutes left, about seven minutes left here, Care. So I don't know, is there anything more light we can talk about to, to wrap up the show? <laughs> Uh, I think next week, I'm really excited for it, having our guest on and doing a big review and discussion of Their Plant Eyes, this book that we've been talking about quite a oh, bit yeah, that, over the past few months. That hour will just fly by. We this one did. And we'll see how next week just... goes. We'll, we'll try to keep it to an hour. There's a chance it might be a little longer because there is a lot to talk about and it will be a great discussion. But today, we're going to cap it off right at an hour for sure. But, uh, yeah. No, it's great having flexibility here at Radio Western and as a podcast. We, we love that. And we appreciate that to anybody who makes that possible. Um, it's just some, sometimes, yeah, it's good to be, and especially since it will be three of us next week. It's always great to have a third perspective. And, but yet it's, it's going to be a friend. So it's not somebody we're interviewing like usual. And because we got a bunch of that coming up here in the next several weeks. Uh, I didn't know if you want to give any kind of teases to future episodes because things can change. Our schedule can change, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe the time it's 
unless if you have something specific, but I was going to maybe quickly mention the um, the summer camps, the virtual camps put on out west through through Camp Bowen. This I think we've mentioned them on the show before. Um, we met we met um, the people that are organizing these camps through the CFB originally, but they have their own whole organization, and and we'll have them on on a future show yeah, to really we'll get to know more about, about them. But uh, they did these virtual camps this summer, and there was a there was a music one, and then there was another one with just a bunch of guest speakers. Um, I don't think you made it to this one, Kara, but there was one through their summer independence camps. One of their virtual connections sessions was with Johnny Ty from Night Strike, and he is a blind martial arts instructor from out west. So that's another guest we will have on this show one of these days because it was just a super fascinating. Um, I was going to say interview again. <laughs> Super fascinating talk that he gave about how he teaches all of these self-defense techniques. And it's for, you know, it's also for, I mean, you can do martial arts just for fun, for exercise, to, to get out, to get that community going and, and have all that. But it's also, it's good to have certain techniques if you're traveling alone or if you're vulnerable to have these techniques to be able to defend yourself. And it was just really interesting to get this from a blindness perspective and you know, probably a lot of people haven't th- thought about the idea of a blind martial arts instructor. So it just mm-hmm. shows, again, the variety of blind people. And just like in any sec- cross-section of people, there's well, it's all like sorts of we- skill sets and interests. And It's like the We the 15 campaign that is out right now with the Paralympics. It's just showing, yeah, that people with disabilities are people like anyone else who does anything else anyone else does. There are a few things that you can't do if you have a certain disability, but most times we adapt and find other ways of doing everything else that anybody does. So. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, it's been, it's been so quite yeah, I didn't, I didn't attend most of those sessions. Uh, other things come up, but then they had a music one these last few weeks. And I did a tr- attend last week, all week was trivia, music trivia. So that yeah, was that was fun. pretty fun. There's a bunch of music, little clips and some multiple choice questions and, and uh, quite a few people there. Like I was, I was happy to see that they got a decent turnout because you could tell they put a lot of time into this and they did a great job with it. So. Just a shout out yeah. to them at Camp Bowen, and uh, we will we will have them on on a future show to to get to know them a bit more for our listeners. But yeah, I don't know. It's just a having a summer's relaxing... all about camp. Yeah, it's having a relaxing weekend here. As I said, we're recording this a couple of days before it airs, so it's Saturday here, and yeah, I just I, I just wanted to say a lot. We got a lot coming up with Outlook, a lot of inter- interviews scheduled, and so my mind's all over the place, but. I did want to say again, if there are any any students listening, whether you're new to Western or you've been there a couple of years and you happen to be listening to our show when it's airing, if you if you don't not necessarily for the twentieth, you know, to be on the show before the twentieth. I know we're running low on time, but if you ever are have an interest in politics and you may have a disability or you know some disability issues to talk about, then definitely reach out to us at Outlook on Radio Western at gmail.com, as we'll say at the end of the show. It always says, um, but just reach out to us there if you want to talk about it or suggest a topic. But we do like to find people who know more about certain things than us, and we don't ever claim that we are experts on everything. So, no, absolutely. And like I think I mentioned, went into that a little bit more at the beginning of the episode as well about trying to work together and collaborate on all this stuff. So, if you are a student at Western and you're listening to our show, you know, we'd love to have any suggestions or ideas or contributions or. Even just feedback, yeah, whether you've enjoyed that episode or there was something you didn't agree with or didn't enjoy, whatever it may be. And 
just don't don't be afraid to reach out. We're the vo- we're the voice we're the show about disability disability issues on what on the station. So if anything related you want to talk about ever, either on air or off, just reach out. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there for this week. I think of, so. It's been a lot of us lately, so hopefully nobody's too sick of us. And next week we'll be switching it up again with having a, wow. a third. A we're third the hosts of this show, so like it or leave it. <laughs> if you don't like it, I guess you won't be listening, but. You're going to get us every episode, whether it's a lot or a little bit. True. I guess I'm just looking forward to having a guest on next time, but yeah. Not that, I, not well, that, I'm, not, not that I'm sick of you, Carrie. But. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right. We will be back next week. Send us an email. Outlook on RadioWestern at gmail.com find us on twitter at outlook cfb and on facebook facebook.com slash outlook on radio western <laughs>